Views, ideas, and opinions of all of us here at Lucia at Night and our guests are their own. And you should always seek additional professional opinion and advice pertaining to any of the topics discussed here on Lucia at Night. Happy New Year and welcome to another episode of Lucia at Night. We are so excited to be here in 2020. A lot of great things happening here at Lucia at night, and we're only going to keep growing. So thanks so much for closing the door on your day and lighting up your night. We hope that your holiday season went well and that the shows that we had were a guide um, and a light for you as you went through that. Um, In 2020, we are talking about a lot of things, but I thought that we would kick it off with something a little fun here at Lucia at night. Um, relationships, especially after the holiday season, sometimes can feel a little stagnant. So this show is dedicated to how to really rekindle a spark um, in your relationship, whether it's new, whether it's old, um, whether you're married, whether you're dating somebody. Um, And we have a special guest, Dr. Chelsea is going to come on and give us some advice. She's a relationship expert. It's one of my expertise is actually attachment. So um, which is relationship based. And we are going to be talking about all things rekindling romance. But before we get into that, I want to welcome back to 2020. Sarah Kay and Krista. Hello. I feel like I should always say Krista and Sarah Kay because I always want to add an L to Krista's name. Happy New Year. Happy Happy New New Year. Year. How were your holidays? Excellent. I just (laughs) Tinsel. Tinsel the L. Sparkly. (laughs) Sparkles. That's a good elf name. Oh, Sparkles. Yeah. Krista next year. I win the box. (laughs) Um, uh, Krista, how was your holiday? Um, they were good. Nothing eventful. No, it was pretty quiet and uh, uneventful, which is sometimes good and lots of love. We all survived and we hope that you survived too. Mm. Um, so 2020 is all about New Year's resolutions and different things. You've probably heard people say that. So I'm going to ask you guys about New Year's resolutions, but can I tell you my belief on it? Mm-hmm. I really think that New Year's comes twice. I think that in September is a lot of, is a new year for a lot of people. And that's when I actually like to sort of start my resolutions. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to change habits in September, but making that new year's resolution, if you just look at the statistics, not to get too heady here on the show, um, people really don't keep them. So it is a good starting point, but what are you, does anyone have a new year's resolution? No. <laughs> Why not, Sarah? I don't really make New Year's resolutions, and I think it's just what you said. I I don't stick mm-hmm. to it. So you've learned by now that you don't yeah. stick to it, so you don't make it. Because I always feel like your your New Year's resolution is always something super big. Yeah. And it's like, like I'm going to lose 30 pounds. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like it's going to take a long time for me to achieve it. And then once you get like a month or two in, it's like you forget about it and yeah. you go back to your old routine. Yeah. I mean, there are things, I mean, just in what I do, I feel like people do make positive changes. Like I'm going to seek help in 2020. That's a great change. Mm -hmm. And that's something that when you have someone walking alongside you, Mm. um, it's easier to sustain that. But just to vaguely say, I'm going to fill in the blank. That's hard. You need a pathway to solutions. Absolutely. Krista. So my thought on that is um, I, I don't really make resolutions either. And when my kids were growing up, we would always, New Year's Eve, we would write down resolutions and put them on a piece of paper and read them out loud and set that. But now it's more um, setting intentions. 
yeah. um, for the year. I was going to mm, say, yeah. if you're not doing something, a resolution in a, like a behavioral modification right. way where someone is sort of guiding you, it is so, attention's such a better word. It, it feels like a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can set an intention to, you know, be consciously more loving. Um, I can set an intention to, um, you know, be more present. Um, what is your intention? Do you have one for 2020? I have one. You go first. (laughs) (laughs) First off, you're listening to the show and you have an intention. We'd love to hear it. So tweet us or, um, send us a message on Instagram at Lucia at night. Um, or you can always follow us at well seekers and at Lucia Naz. Um, my intention is to be, and it's funny cause this was my elf name, but I will <laughs> bring it in 2019 and 2020. I want to do whatever I do. I want to do with hope, um, and with pure love. So out of love and out of hope. And I also, and out of service, love, hope, and service. Those are my three words for 2020. Hmm. Those are good ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sarah, if you had to pick three words. Oh, Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just kidding. Sarah's deep. Oh gosh. I don't know. Would you guys want to think about it? Yeah. Or do you ladies want to think about it? Mm. Okay. Yeah. So hope, service, and um, love are mine. If you guys want to come up with three and share them with us, we would love that too. Uh, I can I can say my three. Sure. So I would say gratitude, mm-hmm. uh, fun. Oh, I need those. <laughs> gratitude, fun, and uh, joy. Oh. Gratitude, fun, joy. I'm stealing Krista's. Mine for 2020 <laughs> are gratitude, fun, and joy. That's Just, actually yeah. not what I'm feeling. So isn't that funny how words, because I love those things. Yeah. But I really do feel for 2020, hope, love, and service. And yours is gratitude, oh, I definitely fun, want gratitude fun, and joy. It's yeah. so okay. great. Yeah. All right. I might have to also say fun. So important. Love and health. Fun is so important. Mm. Fun, love, fun, and love, and love, and help. Yeah. Ooh, good ones. I'm picking four. <laughs> <laughs> Hope, love, service, and fun. <laughs> I do need more fun. Someone told me I was too serious. Who agrees? And remember, you work for me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> just I'm, kidding. I'm not gonna, I don't think that. You don't think I'm too serious? No. I mean, yeah, every time I see you, you always have a smile. Yeah. Well, oh, well. <laughs> No, that's true. I don't think I, my ex-husband said that I'm not too serious either. He said I'm a mix. Yeah, I think you're a mix. Yeah. I mean, there, but I think it's good t- to have a mix. Yeah. 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 There are things you take seriously, of course, and can be heavy, but you're also full of very light hearted fun. Mm. Thanks. All right. So we're going to have a lot of fun. I'm just going to pick their words. Lucia at night is going to be love, fun, gratitude service, hope, and joyful. So if you guys have anything you want to add or ladies, make sure that you um, let us know. So in the spirit of fun, because really rekindling, you know, romance in any relationship can be hard. Um, There was, I just was looking at how many people do have 
issues with their marriage and stagnation. Um, and I forget the percent. It was high though. And I, I don't want to you know spend time pulling it up the second I'll look back when, um, before we talk to our guests, but I think it's like 80% of long-term relationships experience some form of, um, stagnation. Hmm. So, I have to say, I've been in a long-term relationship. I'm a pretty, I've been married um, and in a long-term relationship. And I'm a pretty create, I think creativity has a lot to do with it. Besides being, knowing some of the stuff about attachment and therapy. um, I think also creativity is a big part of it. So if you feel like I'm not creative, that's why someone like Dr. Chelsea or listening to the show is helpful because I feel like we can spark some ideas. Like I used to always do like midweek if we couldn't do something that was um, fun or our schedules were too busy, like even just a fun meal and a note, or I'd put a note in his bag Mm. um, so that he would find it in the middle of his really hectic work day. I've done that with a few past relationships actually. And right now men are like, Hey, I'm not unique. (laughs) It's not not the note. It's what the note says. Says. Any action that follows. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. just just a little like a little spark. Right. Yeah. For the day. Um, also, so like lunchbox no- notes, that was a big thing for me. Um, I had someone that moved into a house and I got them walkie talkies because it was a really like tall house and just like, you know, little fun things that we could talk to each other in the walkie talkies instead of our cell phones and texting. Mm. Um, just. I feel like the bedroom is a whole nother situation, which Dr. (laughs) Chelsea can talk about in more detail. Um, But what about you ladies? Anything that you've done in long-term relationships where you felt like there's a little stagnation and you want to get out of the box? I could go on for forever if you don't. Mm. Well, I don't think I have the most experience you were in a long-term relationship. I was in one long-term. The other guys I dated, usually when the spark went, I went. You went. So <laughs> I, I would say. There, there's there's a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Honest, I would say in, in my past relationship, when things kind of got stale, I think what we did was try and be a bit more spontaneous and just go out of the house. So what would that, you know what, Sarah, that is one of the biggest underrated things is I remember in another relationship where it was exactly that. And he was always the one that was like, let's go walk around target. Like even if it was like nine 30 at night and just the change in atmosphere when we both had really long days was unreal. Cause your tendency, I know for me would be like, let's just relax and like stay here. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Cause I mean, I love staying home, Yeah, I also like to go out and have fun and something as simple as let's go see a movie or let's go out to eat tonight. Mm -hmm. You know, just get out of the house. Or if you've already eaten, even just like, sorry, I was just looking up some other ideas, but if you've already eaten, getting an appetizer or going to get a yeah. coffee or Go like get ice cream get or dessert. ice cream. Yeah. yeah. Dessert. I'm a big fan. Yeah, too big. <laughs> dessert. <laughs> I love ice cream. <laughs> so absolutely little yeah. things like that, that you forget to do. If you have kids, even like bringing it like we used to do Sunday nights. So like if it was a Wednesday, have a Sunday bar or something that just somewhat breaks up the routine yeah. um, of the day. Krista, anything that um, comes well, you to mind ta- with kids, without kids? Yeah. You were talking about notes. And um, one of the things that I used to do was make little like 
coupon books, you know, and little like certificates. So it would be like, this is good for one back rub, or this is good for, you know, one free meal or whatever, a meal of your choice or something. And so did they ever cash them? I have to hold on. I just need to take a a second here. Men that are listening. (laughs) I had a man give me an IOU for a birthday present. That is not a good idea. No, it's, no, that's it's not what cute this is. When, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no. It's, it's like I owe you a gift. It's like I owe you an exit. Yeah, <laughs> this is not dating anymore. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Bad, bad idea. Yeah, not not for a birthday. <laughs> no, um, but you're just but saying so like these, a cute so, little yeah, booklet. So, yeah. so then they could like I would. I wouldn't give them the booklet mm-hmm. necessarily. Well, sometimes I would, I guess, but just or I would have something that you would and put I would somewhere. give them a coupon. You know, yeah. I'd put it under their pillow or, you know, by their coffee cup or whatever. Yeah. And they're probably going to be like, oh, I don't remember anything like that. But <laughs> it did happen. Um, otherwise, spontaneity is 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 really important. And um, just trying something new, you know, like like doing something kind of old fashioned, like going bowling you yeah know? oh um, yeah we need a lucia at night fun night okay when we start getting like fans if you're listening to the show <laughs> we're gonna start organizing lucia at night fun nights yeah oh definitely great. that would be so fun yeah. and bowling is on bowling the list bowling is on the mm-hmm. list mini golf <gasps> yeah and, oh yeah. escape okay escape I room love mini listen golf. to me right now i'm really good at mini golf me too oh. if you have a significant Sounds like a I'm like a, a we got a competition here. <laughs> yeah. I'm terrible, so they're on their own. <laughs> if you have a significant other and you want to do something that's almost like role playing but legal, go to <laughs> escape the room because that is essential. Have you done one, Sarah? I know yeah, I've done so escape fun. rooms. They're it, a lot of fun. It's they really are a lot fun. Of fun, and it's almost like you're in this set. You mm-hmm. really are together. role playing oh, yeah. together, and you have to figure something out. And it's just like it's so fun. It's a change of environment. It's an hour long. I know babysitters are a hot commodity, so you yeah. can, you know, under two hours, do something really fun, get yeah. takeout, go back home. Or they have such fun themes. So they're so fun. I did so. I love Harry Potter. Yeah, grew up with Harry Potter. I did <laughs> a Harry. Not surprised. I did a Harry Potter escape room, and it was so much fun. Where was oh. it? It was in Delaware, but I'm sure there's one oh. up here. Okay. It was with my family, my cousin, who's also a big Harry Potter fan. But like we had wands and they worked and like you would oh, really? like oh, touch something and it That's would extra. I mean, it was so fun. That is so fun. I yeah, love that. It's a good, it's a good fun time. I think my favorite escape the room was cat burglar. Mm. Krista, you may have been there. Um, Was I there for the cat burglar? Maybe not. It was like someone had broken it was really fun. Yeah. I, anyway, if you haven't been doing Escape the Room with your significant other, that may be a great thing. But notes in the middle of the day, just things that are, you know, cheap and free. Um, someone else said something. Uh, the coupon notes, even just, again, back rub. I'm a big fan of massage oil, like mm-hmm. lotions. Yeah. And they come in all sort of shapes, scents, sizes, whatever you want. Um, Organic. Um, so that's a big thing of mine. Anyone else before we have Dr. Chelsea come on? No, I can't wait to hear. Yeah. Um, so if you want to learn more about rekindling romance and also just know you're not alone. If there's a lull in your relationship, I think one of the things we do so frequently now, and you guys, this is a little bit of my professional experience coming out is give up on relationships. Um, if it gets boring and 
there's just a little work that needs to be done sometimes to reignite that spark. Um, so Dr. Chelsea will be right back with us on Luchi at night. We'll be right back. Today's lifestyle demands the best in wireless, and with Pulse Cellular, you have the best options available. Switch to Pulse Cellular for unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data, coast-to-coast -coast with no contracts, no credit checks, and no overage fees. One line for $65, or four lines for just $45 each, including hotspot, Wi-Fi calling, and 50 gigs per line. And for all you travelers, we got you covered in Canada and Mexico, plus text and data in over 210 countries worldwide, all with the best phones or bring your own that's pretty awesome get the best user experience on mobile at pulsecellular.com close the door on your day and light up your nights you're listening to lucia at night welcome back to lucia at night with our guest dr chelsea page i'm so excited about this guest because if you have not checked out her page we're going to give you her information at the end, you have to go look up her Instagram and her blog at drchelseypage.com. Dr. Chelsea is a sex and relationship expert. She is passionate about working with women who are ready to break free from the need to be everything to everyone, which I feel like every woman can relate to, um, is a reformed people pleaser herself. And Dr. Chelsea is here and ready to help you and anyone who wants to step into confidence and connection with themselves and their relationship. Dr. Chelsea Page, thanks so much for joining us. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and chat with you. Just because this show is a little bit more laid back than Well Seekers, I have to ask, and feel free to not answer any questions you don't feel comfortable with, but why did you get into sex and relationship counseling, which by the way, is one of my, when I went through um, credentialing and as a licensed therapist myself, this is a topic I could talk forever about. <laughs> the different, too. Is Me that why? Too. Okay. <laughs> well, it's that there's those layers, and I'm actually glad you asked that. Way back in the day, I just realized that we don't get any guide on this stuff whatsoever. So that kind of initially fuels that, especially when we have um, the sexual side of things. I don't know about you, but my sex education in elementary school was, it was just like covering the reproductive stuff, not anything more than that. So we are all kind of left to just wing it. Right. Oh, yeah. It's like, this is the male part. This is the female part. This is scientifically how a baby is born. And good luck. Let's move on mm -hmm. to dodgeball. <laughs> because this is a side yeah. requirement. And our health teacher, our gym teacher taught it. Right. Like, that was it. Totally. Yes. Let's move on to dodgeball. <laughs> well, and that's, that's how it initially started. And then it evolved. That was kind of on a professional level. That's kind of how it went. But on really on a personal level, I, I think you even had in your intro to this podcast really honoring that you had been divorced before and that also I've been divorced before. Mm. And I just realized in that relationship that how I was living life and showing up in life and in my relationship was my people pleaser side of me was not in the show and I was being left in the dust and not having any sense of what I needed, what I wanted, what was really good for me on any level and especially on a relationship then. And so after that, I was like, oh my gosh, there totally has to be a better way. Like there has to be an easy way to understand how to have a happy relationship. So wow. I kept going, learning more and I've done all the personal work, all the professional work and now I'm sitting here talking to you. Wow. Wow. So much 
stuff in there, Dr. Chelsea. I have, yeah. I have to ask, when you were talking about, and I relate to this, it's like definitely hitting me in my own gut. And it's funny because I've worked with clients too in a relationship capacity. And when you are in your own life, you just can't see it. It really is. You cannot diagnose yourself, treat yourself. Mm-hmm. It just is almost impossible. But how did you recognize that you didn't, you weren't really getting what you wanted or getting what you needed. And how did you come up with what you did need and then recalibrate that energy towards those people and not the ones that you were dating? Yes. How I realized that this guy was living life was just not working for me is I was miserable. I was denying myself, trying to cover up with so many things. I was drinking a lot and I was going out a lot and just avoiding, avoiding, avoiding. And I finally, not to sound too woo-woo about this, but I remember I was after a big fight with my ex-husband and I was sleeping on the couch and I had this dream where I got struck by lightning and I was okay. And that was just this sign that I think my, really my inner wisdom was just trying to yell at me, like, you have to be doing something different. And you know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be like stuff by lightning, but you're going to be okay. Mm. And so that's what started my journey. And really therapy is what helped me <laughs> really understanding what was blocking me from just showing up authentically in the world and as myself. So it's been quite a journey. What was blocking you? Or is it too um, complex? I mean, I'm sure it was past and different yeah. things, but in a nutshell, was there one thing major thing that you self-discovered, really? The biggest thing, what I learned, one of the therapy approaches that I had gone through in my own therapy is called internal family systems. And mm. it's all about the different parts inside of you. It's kind of like that movie, if anyone has seen it, the kids movie called Inside Out. And um, there's these different parts. You have like anxiety and there's, I think, anger is another part in that movie, happy and sad. But we also have those parts within ourselves, too. And I just learned that, especially my perfectionist side and my people-pleaser side, was running the show. And the reason they were running the show is because I was afraid of people really accepting me for me. And if they didn't accept me for me, then they would lose me. So it kind of trails all the way down to the fear of abandonment, and which then goes back to childhood stuff. So I just learned how to approach life differently in it. Yeah, there's a lot of puzzle pieces in that. It's a journey. I'm still on it. Yeah, it's a journey and it's puzzle pieces and it's self-discovery and it's layers and it's meeting yourself where you're at and all of, there's so much. Like we both said, we could talk about this for forever. Um, We should have you back to talk about attachment too, because I bet you have a lot to say about that. (laughs) Um, So you're remarried now though. Can you tell us that love story? (laughs) I am. It's so wonderful. Yes, we actually just recently got married. So we're in 2019. So we got married in May. And it just is so wonderful. Um, It almost makes me want to tear up because it's just a feeling that I have showing up in this relationship coming from what I call just this heart-centered place. You even, I think we've talked about this too, of really approaching life from the inside out rather than the outside in, which is how I approached my last relationship. And just approaching a relationship from the heart center place, it just feels so good. It mm. feels just easy. It feels peaceful. It feels grounding. It feels secure. That's that secure attachment. It 
it just feels, the intimacy between us just feels wonderful. And it's not always easy, of course, we're going to have our stuff, right? Absolutely. I mean, I feel like I do approach relationships like this. We're just going to do some one-on-one counseling. Yeah, my <laughs> I feel like I do approach relationships like that, but I think there is another person in that, right? And like finding a male mm-hmm. that has done that work and being in my late 30s now, and I just got divorced a couple of years ago, I feel like it was like, oh my gosh, because the pool's not very big <laughs> like mm-hmm. in that age range to begin with. And it's like finding men that have done that work. I feel like it's a challenge. Do you think it's me or do you think it's the men? Just if you had to pick. <laughs> I think it's our society. Really. Yeah. The society is just, you know, we don't get a lot of good support on how, again, how to do relationships, either with ourselves, with our partner, and that emotional piece. So we're not really taught that. And especially men, they're more, you know, they're told to suck it up, buttercup, you know, don't cry, don't show emotion, be strong, don't. I'm not really supportive on how to really know their internal world very well, which then kind of screws the rest of us <laughs> and guys as well. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just, yeah, the pool is small, but even if you find somebody that hasn't quite done all the internal work, like my partner, he definitely has a lot of work to do. I still have a lot of work to do. We always all have a lot of work to do. As long as you find someone that's open to that growth and discovery, then you're fine. Mm, doesn't have to be all figured out and done. It just needs to be someone open to it. Exactly. Totally. So scary too, to dive back in after divorce, but that may be another topic that we'll have you (laughs) back to talk about is diving. (laughs) We can talk about all the things. Oh my gosh. Really? I do want you to come back and we can chat about that because I think dating after divorce is wow, such a, an enormous topic. And I have so many friends mm-hmm. that have gone through it too. So Dr. Chelsea, she's actually here to talk about another topic, not be my personal therapist <laughs> for the <laughs> evening. We were talking about uh, rekindling romances and in both marriage and your relationships. Before you came on though, we were also talking about how relationships have changed so much. Over, I'm in, mm-hmm. technically an exennial. I don't know. You look young from your picture, so I'm going to go with your millennial probably. I'm like part yeah, millennial. Yeah, on the tail end of it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I am too. So we're probably around the same age. And so I'm like part millennial, part Gen X. I think it's called a exennial, right? Yeah, exennial. But there was an article that was put out just a couple months ago about, uh, it was the Washington Post, actually, they were quoting a research study done that said that half of millennials are single right now. And that just was staggering to me, especially in contrast to the stat that, you know, 50 to 55%, I think it's gone up actually, since the last research study, marriages end in divorce. So over 50%. I know we're definitely over that line. So we have half of millennials single, half of marriages ending in divorce. I personally think it's a symptom of culture like you were talking about. We're taught so Mm -hmm. much and we are not taught about love and relationships. And that's really the purpose of the show. All relationships, relationships with mom, with dad, with family and with your significant other, but especially with your significant other, finding those role models are it's a challenge. Do you think this is a cultural issue, the staggering stat? I Yes, it definitely is. Oh, I kind of wish I didn't have the job that I did, but I love it because then it can be that, you know, role model that died and give people the path and roadmap on how to actually do relationships and have it last. Mm. 
Because, yeah, when I was given that, as we said earlier, you know, school around the sexual side of things, you know, get barely anything. And maybe, maybe we got a little bit more, some of us did. But then the rest that we have is, you know, rom-com movies and magazines and pornography and, you know, kind of chatting with our friends and then the black hole of Google, you know, there's a whole bunch of crap on there. So now, yeah, and these like in a place of nothingness. It's awful. Such blurry lines, too, of like texting with exes and different things where it's just like, is that okay now? I, I don't know. There's just like so many things that have changed in relationship culture. But you're right. We just don't have that roadmap to get to where we want to be, which is happy and in a relationship that's filled with love and heart-centered, like you mentioned. So let's say we're in a relationship. It could be a long-term marriage. I'm just assuming long-term relationship when we were talking about this, because I was in a long-term relationship. I don't know how long you were married for, but I have a lot of friends in long-term relationships. And sometimes that intimacy does you know, dwindle off with kids, with life, with time, with fill in the blank. And Dr. Chelsea's actually here to help us with rekindling that spark in different ways to go about that. So can you help us, <laughs> our listeners that want to feel better and connect tonight? So yes, I can totally help. And it's something to remember that even though we're not giving this roadmap or guide growing up, that, that doesn't mean there isn't one. And there definitely is a way to have that spark and rekindle that just romance in your long-term relationships. And you just have to make sure that you're focusing on intentionality and not being on autopilot because that's totally going to kill off your relationship if you focus on autopilot, which a lot of us do that is so true. So many people, I think, do just think, okay, well, the, and this was good before, so it's going to be good now. But like anything, yeah. if you eat the same food, do the same exercises, watch the same show, like you you need to switch up. So it's like, why would you not need to switch up your romance and the way that you relate to your partner or how you are intimate with each other in a sexual way as well? I mean, everything has a season and needs a little changeover, right? So Resting on your laurels isn't always the, the best way to go. Yes. Well, and I love that you say kind of the season. The biggest change that happens in long-term relationships is, you know, everyone knows the beginning of relationship. It's that, you know, they call, you know, the puppy love phase, the honeymoon phase where everything's exciting, it's easy, it's new, it's different. And um, that's often the time with sexual intimacy is you don't have to think about it. It mostly just happens. Mm. So that's, kind of a time where being on autopilot works because there's other things running the show like your hormones and again that newness excitement all those pieces but when we go into this phase of long-term relationships that way of approaching things doesn't work anymore you have to do it differently you have to recognize you're in a new season what is considered long-term relationship i know the stats that i learned in school was 18 months is that what you would say chemically they say there's a shift yeah. chemically after 18 months. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's about, um, I would say anywhere from like a year to two years-ish. I was going to say a year. Depends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like in some relationships a year, definitely by two years, you're like, yep, I know this person. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Been here a while. And <laughs> it can even be as soon as six months. There's no, I mean, everyone's unique and different, and therefore every relationship is unique and different. So it's just, 
don't get caught up on the numbers of when it happens. Just know that it does. Mm -hmm. And when you go into that more committed relationship space, which is in that long-term relationship space, where, as you said, you're like, yep, so we know this person. It's not anything <laughs> new. You kind of get annoyed with how your partner like through the throat or something. <laughs> yep. So you're now like in that committed space. Changing that mindset. Now, when you're in the season of your relationship, the committed space, you have to be intentional. And part of that intentionality, what I saw was, you know, all the women and all the couples that I work with, um, is you have to focus on prioritizing your relationship and focusing away from the pressure model that many of us get taught, especially in movies and rom-coms and pornographies about what sex is supposed to look like. And then instead focusing on the pleasure in relationship. So kind of like the three P's of intimacy is what I usually call it. And those are the pieces. So that is, you know, you really want to prioritize your relationship. You want to focus away from pressure, which is what sex is quote-unquote supposed to look like. And then also instead, you need to focus on the pleasure of really having this nice, connected, pleasurable experience. You focus on those three P's, prioritize, avoid the pressure, and focus on the pleasure. I love that. And that when you mentioned, you mentioned porn and, you know, that's not what it's supposed to look like. I feel like it turns men on to like, almost think of sex like that. And I don't know, is it because they're so subjected to porn and not all men I'm, you know, I'm Christian mm-hmm. and I know, I know that every, I've talked to males before. I'm like, I know Christian men that don't, you know, look at porn. My ex-husband didn't look at porn and I know that they didn't, right? Like I was with the man for 10 years and there's men that I've dated that don't watch porn. So it's not every male for sure. But do you think that that is sort of, male-focused culture that that's what sex is supposed to look like because porn is pushed at them so frequently? Or what do you think it is that gives them that image? Well, it's an image that goes for both men and women in relationship that comes, well, comes from all sources. So again, this is a cultural issue of whether it's pornography or movies, what sex is supposed to look like. Mm. Um, And yes, we could go on a total tangent about pornography, that we have to be another episode if we need it to be. But it's this whole mindset of, okay, we're supposed to have this what's called spontaneous desire, which means, you know, I don't know if you've seen the recent movie where, oh my gosh, someone comes home, they take their clothes off, they start kissing, they move into the bedroom, then, you know, you assume, although they don't show it, your genitals come into play, penetration happens, and then you know orgasm happens because they go off of each other inside, like ecstasy. Like that's kind of what sex is quote unquote supposed to look like and what we often see, whether it's in pornography or in movies. What would you say it's supposed to look like? Ooh, good question. <laughs> so that goes into so that that first see that or one of those see that avoiding pressure. So by reigniting that intimacy in a relationship is just dumping away that model of sex is supposed to look like kind of this Beginning to end, I call it the escalator of sex. So once you start kissing, you're like committed to go to the top of the escalator where penetration orgasm happens. And when we expect that to happen, then we're going to avoid intimacy, which means sexual intimacy is not going to happen, and then the whole thing goes to fun. So we don't want to focus on that. Instead, to answer your question, well, what do we focus on? Yeah. Is you focus on creating the sexual 
arena that's safe and play with your partner that is not expecting it to lead to penetration or lead to orgasm. If it goes there, great. If it doesn't go there, great. Instead, what you want to do is Say tonight when my partner comes home and we maybe he wants to have and I want to have a sexual intimate space, we can have the sexual intimate space that maybe hopping in the shower and setting each other up with a loose one soap and having this nice sexual and sensual experience, but it doesn't have to lead to penetration and orgasm. It's still an intimate experience. Or maybe it's a naked massage in bed or something, but you're still having that nice intimate experience but not expecting it does that make sense? That does make sense. I do have a question though. What if your partner is pretty committed to just like one way of sex? Like sex happens in a bed. Yes. And when you say one way, meaning um, location. Anything. Location, mm-hmm. that orgasm has to happen, just whatever. Married to some ideology of it that you cannot break through. Yes. Well, part of it is having conversations about it, which I know is hard because um, we're not given the tools often how to communicate about sex. But it's really inviting. Again, if you have this wonderful partner that's open to grow, then inviting your partner to join you in a different way of approaching the sexual intimacy in your relationship. And you can even say, hey, Dr. Chelsea said so. This is what works (laughs) (laughs) to have that nice connection because when we focus on it being one way, that that just kills the spark. It kills the fire. Absolutely. So are there any others that, you know, stand out to you that you want to mention before we let you go? But don't worry if you're listening, we'll have Dr. Chelsea back for sure. Yes. Well, one last thing I really want to make sure and say is Part of, again, that culture that doesn't feed us the best mindset around that sexual intimacy is don't depend on the spontaneity of sex to happen, especially for a lot of women. Women have what's called responsive desire, which means you need to set time aside to really warm up the mind and warm up the body to really be open to sexual intimacy. It's not going to just happen you know, with a flip of a switch, like maybe it did earlier in the relationship. Mm. So instead of depending on spontaneity, because just like autopilot, that will also kill the sexual side of your relationship, what you want to do is be intentional and set time and space for the intimacy to happen. So that might mean, you know, every Thursday night, you set time aside to be sexually intimate with your partner. And it's what I call planned spontaneity where you plan the time because it's important and whatever you do with that, that time, whether it is a whole shebang effect or playing around in the shower or playing with a toy or having a naked cuddle or massage, you are still showing up in that space and being intentional about it and not depending on spontaneity, which again, is a big no-no. Dr. Chelsea Page, we could talk for forever which is actually (laughs) why I do the show, because I love talking about all of this stuff. Um, Such incredible, incredible knowledge. Thanks for sharing it with everyone. If you want to find out more about Dr. Chelsea Page, you can visit her at drchelseapage.com. And Dr. Chelsea, could you also give us your Instagram? Because I've been on there and it's, it's incredible. I love it. Yes. Well, you can find me on social, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, whatever. And it's just Dr. Chelsea Page. Perfect. Thanks so much for joining us on Lucia at Night, and we hope that you'll come back. Thank you so much. 
Hey, it's Lucia, and I'm so thrilled to welcome you to my podcast, Well Seekers, bringing you simple, accessible, and real stories and solutions to find your happy and well from the mind down and to learn to form a better relationship with yourself and others. This is real. We're giving you simple, accessible advice and tools to make your mind, life, and world a whole lot more well with knowledge, inspiration, honesty, self-care, and of course, a lot of fun. So join me and the rest of the Seekerhood as we journey to a mind and life you are going to love. Welcome to Well Seekers. It's a treat and a retreat for your day. You're listening to Lucia at Night. And we're back on Lucia at Night. Thanks so much to Dr. Chelsea for joining us. If this is any indication of how 2020 is going to go, it is going to be a lot of fun a lot of hope, a lot of love, a lot of gratitude and a lot of service. So I hope you guys, and I, I always say you guys have been really working on that. I hope everyone listening um, joins us and sticks around for that. What's another word besides you guys? I hope ye, everyone. Yeah. You all, you all but I then you that sound like y'all. Southern. y'all. Yeah. I hope y'all. I, know. I say that too sometimes, yeah. y'all. y'all. Except when I teach. And so I say you guys, I really have been trying to monitor myself on that. Just because to say everyone. Everyone. I hope everyone. I hope enjoy, everyone. You know. I hope all of you enjoyed mm-hmm. this conversation. Um, before we go, we have our spinners. Oh boy. Where is that? I'm going to give it to Sarah Kay and Krista. How about you each spin? One has 12 and one has six. Looks so like we're going to. 12. All right. One of you. We'll let whoever wants to spin it. Uh, I'm not sure. Is that say gratitude? (laughs) Gratitude. Yeah. Okay. So gratitude of the day. So before we go, we want you to, we want you to do this with us. So every week or every show, we are going to have a topic. So today's topic is gratitude. So we're going to leave you with gratitude from each of us, but we want you to share your gratitude with us too. So, um, go to, well, well, you can go to wellseekers.com and, um, and email us your gratitude. You can go to our Instagram at Lucia at night and just send us your gratitude. Um, or you can go to, um, wellseekers Facebook page and join the Lucia at night page. We have so much fun stuff coming up in 2022. I've got a lot of big ideas for Lucia at night. So I'm excited. I hope you guys do. Mm-hmm. I hope everyone joins us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so your gratitude for this week or this day or this show. Hmm. And for everyone listening, your gratitude for this week, let us know. Blank slate yeah. yeah. See, I told that was my New Year's intention was to increase my gratitude. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm um, grateful for something. I am grateful for the chance to start. This is nighttime. It's and we actually are true to ourselves here at Lucia at night. We tape at night. Um, hence my bandana and a sweater. Um, <laughs> but I am really grateful for being able to start your day over at any time. And even if it's eight o'clock at night, I'm starting my day over today because it didn't really, before being true disclosure, it didn't start on the best note and it was really a challenging day for me. So um, I'm grateful for the opportunity to have hope in a new day, even if it's 8 p.m. at night. Hmm. Sarah's grateful for cookies. I do love cookies. <laughs> <laughs> just broke my cookie before I was a little bummed but um I don't know I I guess I'm grateful for a lot of stuff but it's hard to just 
pinpoint one right now. That's okay. You don't have to. Sarah can tweet it out too. Krista. Um, you know, I guess I would have to say right now, kind of where I'm at is just the joy of, um, I'm grateful for the joy of the day mm. and the joy of, of living. I, you know, it's, it's such a gift that is often overlooked mm. and, um, I'm just grateful for the joy of, of a day. It's powerful. Thanks, Krista. We'll get into why on another episode of Lucci at Night. Um, Sarah is still a blank slate. That's okay. Yeah. You're grateful for the chance to have time to come up with your gratitude. <laughs> yeah. And in February, and to eat cookies. When we, <laughs> yeah. no, we're going to try to do this twice a month. Um, but if not, we, we will definitely see you in February and Sarah will have her gratitude by then. Yes. Um, but until then, make sure you stay with us and stay up to date. We are active on Instagram at Lucia at night. Um, so you can interact with us every night if you want to. And we are just so grateful to be growing with you and to be sharing your nights with you and to be connecting with you um, and to be having fun with you. So thanks so much for listening to the show. I know you can spend your night a lot of places. So thanks for spending it with us here at Lucia at Night. We'll talk to you soon. Good night. Thanks for spending your night with us on Lucia at Night. 